Podcraft. This episode is sponsored by Still Point Wellness. I love Still Point Wellness. I love the staff. I love their services. They offer a very unique spa experience in Asheville. All of their services are designed to help you unplug from the stresses of today's modern world. And boy, do we all need that. They do it through services like saltwater flotation, also known as sensory deprivation, the world-renowned Eslin massage, cranial psychotherapy, and somatic psychology. They are locally owned and operated by my dear friends, Corey Costanzo and Robin Fan Costanzo. Corey is a somatic therapist and he teaches mindfulness meditation courses. And Robin is an internationally renowned massage instructor who was actually inducted into the Massage World Hall of Fame. Their highly skilled massage staff have each trained under Robin and each earned full certification to practice Esalen Massage. I love Esalen Massage. I know it. I'm an Esalen Massage practitioner. It is a fantastic massage. Together, Corey and Robin have created a world-class experience in understanding the mind-body connection through deep relaxation. So contact them at stillpointwell.com or call 828-348-5372. And don't forget to mention discount code PREPO to get 10% off your first float and first Esalen massage. I really believe that you're going to love the experience. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the episode of Setting Boundaries in Relationships. This is going to be a monologue. I'm going to share some of my experience, thoughts on this incredibly important topic for most everybody that's in relationships. And before I do that, I want to let you all know again about a appreciation workshop that my wife and I giving for couples on November 11th here in Asheville, North Carolina. It's a wonderful workshop that gets deep into the practice and the focus of appreciations in a couple's intimate relationship. And you can look at my website, heartsharecounseling.com for more information and contact me through that if you are here in Asheville or are traveling to Asheville and want to take that workshop. And we are going to be giving an online workshop in that vein of appreciation for couples starting in the spring. So stay tuned when that's announced. Okay, everybody, I know some of you are going to be very interested in hearing about boundaries. We all are playing with it. We're all experimenting with the understanding of what is a boundary in life, what's healthy in setting a boundary, what is healthy in receiving other people's boundaries. But the concept I want you to really understand from my point of view is that all healthy relationships have boundaries. Yes, they do. A relationship can't be healthy until both parties communicate their boundaries clearly 
and the other person respects them. So healthy boundaries don't come in relationships naturally, nor do they come easily. So you need to practice them and give feedback and try that over and over. And in order to really understand what your boundaries are, you have to understand what it is that you want. You have to understand that a boundary is this is where I end and you begin. So it's really understanding a sense of self. A sense of self is so important to understand what it is that you're going to be conveying to other people in your life of what a boundary is. So this is where I end and you begin. And it could be a physical boundary. This is my body. This is my physical space. So please don't touch me or hold me softer. Can you touch me lighter? Will you touch me on my leg instead of my shoulder? Before you touch me, will you ask me permission? All kinds of things around a physical boundary that's, that's very important. And that overlaps, of course, into sexual boundaries having consent of different experimentation that you might be doing with your partner, of having consent. Is it okay to touch you here? How would you like to be touched? And vice versa. This is how I want to be touched. This is what I would like. Are you open to do that? So physical boundaries are, are very important. And now we get into also the aspect of emotional boundaries. An emotional boundary is also knowing the experience of your own feelings. Healthy emotional boundaries includes, for instance, limitations on what you might share or what you won't share in regards to personal information of yourself. Emotional boundaries are violated when somebody criticizes or belittles or invalidates another person's feelings. So you have to get in touch with that part of your emotional boundary when that doesn't feel right. If somebody is conveying something that feels very critical or feels invalidating, there's a way that you can say, hey, I want to stop you what you're saying right now. I'm feeling belittled. I'm feeling criticized. And this is another way that I would like feedback from you. So there's ways to know what your emotional boundaries are when it comes to criticism and invalidating. Another realm around boundaries is the material boundaries, which refers to aspects of, let's say, monies and possessions. Material boundaries are violated when someone maybe damages or takes a person's possessions. I don't just loan out my car to anybody or my computer, I have certain boundaries of what feels safe to me, of what I will lend out when it comes to my personal boundaries, material boundaries. A material boundary and emotional boundary can be combined. For instance, I might tell somebody, hey, I don't want you to look through my phone and look at my messages. That is not okay with me. To have my material boundary crossed or to have my emotional boundary crossed in that way. So there are a lot of misconceptions about what boundaries are and what they do for relationships. We may feel that boundaries are unnecessary because our partner is supposed to already know and act on our needs and our wants 
or that they ruin the relationship or interfere with it. So establishing healthy boundaries in a relationship, it allows both partners to feel comfortable and develop a positive self-esteem. In order to establish boundaries, you need to be clear with your partner who you are, what you want, what your values and beliefs are, and your limits. So in order to do that, I'm going to present a concept that some of you may know that's vital to having healthy boundaries. And that is the understanding of what differentiation is. So differentiation is the ability to balance the two fundamental drives that human beings have. The one drive for connection with others of our same kind, and two, our ability to chart our own destiny to control the direction of our own life. So basically, differentiation is the ability to have clear sense of who we are while we're in close proximity to the people who are most important to us. It's an understanding of this is myself and I can have a clear sense of who I am while I'm still connected with you. I don't have to bolt when I feel uncomfortable to get a sense of myself and ground myself. I can actually do that in the presence of another person, especially when it is challenging, when anxiety rises. Because when anxiety rises, let's say in another person, when they're getting upset or angry, our anxiety rises. So what we usually do is we try to fix that other person to change their experience, to bring down their anxiety or their anger, to make them feel better. But in reality, it's to make us feel better. It's to decrease our anxiety, right? So a differentiated person, what they would do is they would witness more of the other person's experience, their behavior, their emotions, And instead of trying to decrease that person's anxiety, they would bypass that and go directly to themselves and reduce their own anxiety. That's what's so important, is that you get the concept of it's so important to self-soothe yourself in witnessing somebody else's emotion, not get enmeshed in their emotion. So self-soothing is absolutely so important, the ability to self-soothe to regulate your own anxiety is an aspect to key to having good, healthy boundaries. It's also the most loving thing that you can do to the people around you is actually self-soothe. It really is. Because when you are regulating your own anxiety, it's a loving act to the people around you. It's a loving act, of course, to do to yourself. So self-soothing is a very important thing to do in relationship with other people so that you don't have to take care and other people don't have to take care of your own emotions. So it is hard sometimes I hear that when people say, I can't communicate. And in other podcasts, I talk about the importance of connection before communicating, and that's a very important concept to understand. But also... One reason why people say that they can't communicate is because what's happening is that they can't stand the message. The ability to stay who you are and who you aren't, 
needs to be really clear. So being able to know yourself and know what it is that you want and know what your value system is, is a key to being able to relay a boundary, knowing who you are. It could be as simple as there was a movie that might uh, some of you might know, I think it was called Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. And I'm not going to tell you the whole movie, but she was a runaway bride at the altar. She had four or five boyfriends. Just when she was getting married, she would bolt. And Richard Gere was a journalist, and he interviewed a lot of her ex-boyfriends. And one of the things that came up in the movie was that she ended up being very enmeshed. For instance, she would like the kind of eggs that her boyfriend liked. One guy liked scrambled eggs, she would like scrambled eggs. One guy liked sunny side, she always liked it. So there's a scene when Richard Gere would criticize or comment about that to her, and she just didn't understand. She didn't believe it. But she explored it, and she was at a diner, and she had a plate of scrambled eggs, a plate of sunny side up, a plate of hard-boiled eggs, and she had to try each one out. And then she came back to Richard Gere one day, and she said something to the effect of scrambled. I like scrambled. So she found a sense of herself. She found what it is that she wanted. And we need to understand what we want in order to put up a boundary to other people. So going back to that concept again of differentiation, how vital that is in having healthy boundaries, it's a natural process in a committed relationship that involves developing more of a self while growing closer to your partner. And men often sacrifice their relationship to hold on to their sense of self. And women often sacrifice their self to stabilize the relationship. So differentiation is about having a both ways, having a stronger sense of self and a stronger relationship. There is a therapist and a sex therapist who's an author that wrote a very good book that I highly recommend called Passionate Marriage. And in his contents, marriage is not just the legal sense, but about a committed relationship. And I would like to read you an excerpt from the book that talks about differentiation and the balance between one's desires for belonging and one's desire for freedom and independence. So the ex- excerpt goes, people screaming, I got to be me, don't fence me in, and I need space are not highly differentiated, just the opposite. They are fearful of disappearing in a relationship and do things to avoid their partner's emotional engulfment. Some create distance, others keep their relationship in constant upheaval. Declaring your boundaries is an important early step in a differentiation process, but it's done in the context of staying in relationship, that is, close proximity, and in a restricted space. This is quite different from poorly differentiated people who attempt to always keep the door open or who bolt as increasing importance of the relationship makes them feel like they're being locked up. The process of holding onto your sense of self in an intense emotional relationship is what develops differentiation. So with understanding the concept of differentiation will help you to be able to set emotional boundaries especially. So 
One is to make a commitment to yourself and put your identity needs and feelings and goals in the forefront. You're okay just the way you are. So let go of taking responsibility for the other's choices or how other people feel. Don't feel that you need to save others to rescue them. Change yourself to be liked or depend on approval. That's a big one for women. I think that my experience is women rescue men more than the other way around. And a lot of women are more with the man because of his potential than they are with him for who he is. So there is this need that I think women have especially to be able to rescue the man. And if they rescue the man, then they feel a sense of more of themselves instead of already knowing themselves. Also, make a understanding of a list of boundaries that you would like to strengthen. Like, write them down and communicate with others what your boundaries are and when they have crossed them. Some of the boundaries that you can start with is a big one. Say no. Say no when you don't want to do something or when you don't have time for it. No means no. A long time ago, my son was small and I would tickle him and I would tickle him until he would say, stop, daddy, no. And, and I would override his boundaries. It was fun to tickle him. I wanted more and my wife would just look at me and say, hey, people, stop means stop. No means no. And I had to really understand that boundary in that way. No means no. When you say no, you do not have to defend it. You do not have to explain it. That's a great exercise. Prepo, would you like to go with me to the concert tomorrow? No, I don't want to. Well, why not? You love that kind of music. No, I just don't want to. Well, you're free on Saturday. You don't work on Saturday. Isn't that a good time for you? No, I just don't want to. Practicing that kind of response, I don't have to explain my nose. When I start to explain or defend, it loses the sense of myself and that boundary. Sometimes giving people more information I think is fine. But when somebody is trying to overwhelm or override your boundary, no means no. You do not have to explain it. You do not have to defend it. So that's a great one to start with. Saying no. Another is a little bit of the opposite, which is this boundary, is to actually say yes to help. It's okay to say yes to when somebody offers you some help. And people that have a low sense of self or have wishy-washy boundaries actually do not take that gift, do not say yes for assistance or for help. I used to be like that. And, and some still in that way. I've got to really practice of saying yes to help. I got to be able to receive it. Another boundary to start is also to delegate tasks, right? Those of you in the work relationships or even in a family, to delegate a task. That's a good boundary to be able to give people tasks and uh, things that they need to take responsibility on. Another boundary to start with is protect your time. Don't overcommit, but protecting your time is really vital. As a therapist, I do that. I protect my time. I protect my client's time. We agree on a certain time to meet, and they know that there's a certain time, a 50-minute session, 
and I actually have an alarm, a little chime that goes off five minutes before the session and five minutes right after at the end of the session. And to me, that's a, that's a very good boundary. You know, I'm always on time and people also know what to expect. I used to not have that and I would let the time go over and yeah, sure, some people would appreciate it. But other times I, I remember somebody saying, whoa, we're 15 minutes over and I have somewhere to be. And they got frustrated with me that I didn't keep that boundary time. So keeping time, I think, is also you know very important. Another boundary to experiment with is to ask for space. If you need more time to make a decision, ask for that space that you need more time. Speaking up if you feel uncomfortable with someone that's treating you or your needs or you're being infringed upon, that's an important one to start with. So you need to honor what is important to you by choosing and putting yourself first at times. You got to drop the guilt, drop the responsibility that you might feel towards others. Sometimes that shows up in a relationship that if, let's say, you're making plans and you're going out and your partner doesn't and they're sulking and they may feel lonely. You've got to let them have some of that experience. Don't sacrifice you going out with plans that you made or other relationships that you've had, things that are doing that's fueling you just because they don't know how to take care of themselves. Don't allow that that feeling of responsibility for somebody else's well-being. Sure, you can have empathy. Sure, you can have understanding. But you don't have to sacrifice your own sense of connection and your own sense of well-being because there will be underlying resentment an underlying frustration that will come out in the relationship if you don't allow yourself to connect with others, even though your partner isn't doing the same thing. My wife and I, we really learned and have these good boundaries around how we fuel ourselves outside of our relationship. We've realized how important it is to have the different connections, the friendships, the connection to our own interest and spiritual connection and creativity. So I have different friends that I meet at least once a week that really fuels me. Uh, My wife goes to women's gatherings and creative workshops, and we never trounce on each other around that. We set our schedule, let the other one know, and we really honor that the other person is doing that. One reason why we can do that is because we also make our relationship a priority and We take accountability to know that how that is so important to have our couple time so it's balanced. Because I know some of you out there have experience with your partner that they might spend more time outside of the relationship and resentment comes in. Resentment comes in because your partner's not making your priority also a relationship. So having that good balance of feeding the different parts of the pie of your relationship, of your life actually, is so important to not let the relationship have the burden of that happiness. It can't fulfill it. There's no way that your relationship can take that full burden. But it does need to be balanced so that the boundaries will be healthy and you want and encourage your partner to go out and connect with other people and so forth. So that's an interesting boundary to play with in your relationship. 
And ways that you know that you feel that you're in a healthy relationship and your boundaries are good is that you feel safe, you feel supported, you feel calm, you feel respected, that there is this unconditional acceptance, you don't feel that there's any need for revenge, and most of all that you are free to be who you are and you are encouraged to be yourself. So with healthy boundaries, it allows you to define your identity. It also protects yourself from violators. Boundaries keep out what is, uh, let's say, not safe, so that you can remain safe and be able to express yourself. Healthy boundaries also bring order, because without them, you're unable to regulate certain demands and ideas and dreams and opportunities and pleasures and life becomes very chaotic. So it also protects yourself from the control of others. And also you are protecting your finest personal assets, which include your own knowledge, your body, your own skills, your abilities, and perhaps your purpose and mission in life. So healthy boundaries also satisfy your need for self-confirmation. And it helps you have high self-esteem and self-respect. I learned that uh, some years ago when I was at Esalen Institute, uh, where I met my wife, a human potential learning center, a retreat center in Big Sur. There was a workshop that I actually took through Esalen that was sponsored by Little Bear, who was an Esalen Indian. It was a vision quest that some of you may know of doing a vision quest where you go out in nature for four days and four nights. You don't drink, you don't eat, you don't leave your circle that you're giving. It's a very contemplative um, experience. And I went on this vision quest and had my experiences. I was in my circle and one of the first days I actually did see a mountain lion in the corner of my eye in an edge of a rock uh, that was in Northern California, that he was pawing and going after a bird. And it freaked the hell out of me. And I stayed up all night, and almost all night. I remember falling asleep and waking up petrified that the mountain lion was going to be right next to me. Well, I didn't get eaten by a mountain lion, as you all know, so I'm talking to you. But I had some real interesting experiences just around the fears of that and working with the loneliness of my life and when we come out of a vision quest in this particular experience, we also shared to the group, about 15 of us. And at that time, we were going to be given an Esalen Indian name after our experience of sharing our vision quest. And when it was my time to share, I shared about 15, 20 minutes of what my experience was with the mountain lion and the other experiences. And Little Bear, a six, five foot 350, 400 pound Indian chief gave me the name Opabos. Are you all getting that? Opabos. When he gave that to me, I did not like it. I didn't resonate with it. My friends got Cockaloo, Great Bird. I was like, that's cool. Maybe I'm going to get a cool name that I can use. Opabos? It means sea wolf, which he said because I live at Esalen by the sea, it would connect me to that. Man, that had nothing to do with my vision quest. 
As a matter of fact, I remember seeing him and another guy, this uh, other non-Indian person who spoke actually Esalen Indian and Little Bear did not. They were actually choosing names for all of us before we went on our vision quest. So to me, that was not hypocritical. That just seemed inauthentic. And I didn't resonate with Obabos. So when I went back to a ceremony some months later that my wife was taking a ritual and there was Little Bear, he introduced me to somebody and he said, and this is Obabos. And I remember that boundary that I had to put up. I can feel the uncomfortableness, but I was working on my boundaries and the sense of myself. And I just looked at him and the other person and said, Mm-mm, nah, that's not my name. And he started getting almost irate. He puffed up and he took his finger and he poked me in the chest and said, your name is Opabos. I gave you that name and your name is Opabos. And I looked at him, I said, uh-uh, man, I don't like that name. That name does not resonate with me. I am not Opabos. And I walked away. I risked being ridiculed. I risked being ostracized, not approved. But I felt so proud that I spoke my truth and was in the sense of myself. So I just kind of give you that story just as an idea of sometimes we do have to put up a, a strong boundary without having to explain ourselves without having to defend ourselves. So, I do not go by Opabos. And don't be calling me Opabos. You know, there's other things that come up of having to put boundaries, especially around our family, family of origin, that uh, I know how challenging that is. Uh, but we have to get a sense of ourselves to almost put a stake in the ground and let other people, we have to train other people of how to treat us. Years ago, when we were homeschooling my son, my mother would give me a lot of unsolicited advice that she did not agree with us homeschooling him. She felt he should be in school. She felt that he was not socializing, which he was. She just had a concept of how he should be educated. And I listened for a few times until it kept coming in judgment and so forth. And I had to put up a boundary. And I remember one conversation and told her, look, I am informing you of what's going on in his education and his life. If you continue to give me unsolicited advice, I will stop informing you of what's going on in his life. I said it very clear and that was it. And she stumbled a little bit right after, but she really started respecting it. Through the years after that, my, my mother really started respecting my boundaries and I started respecting more of her boundaries. Uh, we have different political views and she just doesn't want to talk about some aspects that I have a difference of opinion of where she's at. And I respect that. That's her boundary. She doesn't want to talk about it. I'm not going to convince her otherwise. Changing her mind, that's not what I know that I am going to do. So we learn to really respect each other's boundaries. But I remember that instance of having to really put that stake in the ground years ago as a pivotal moment in my relationship with her as an adult. Those of you out there know what I mean by that, of having to have those transitional and transformational moments with people in your life of stating a boundary. Sometimes that boundary can be hard and it may need to be hard. And other times you can move that as the boundary moves. You can maybe be a little easier the way that you put out your boundaries.
So the setting of healthy boundaries is being self-aware again. That's the first step in setting any boundary is self-knowledge. You need to know what you like and dislike again, right? What you're comfortable with versus what scares you and how you want to be treated in a given situation. I'm repeating that because I think that is so important. You need to be clear about your needs. You need to be specific and direct. For instance, say something to the fact of, I want to hear about your day. I'll be available and give you my full attention in about 20 minutes. That's being specific and being direct. I love you, but I'm not willing to continue to watch you drink yourself until you are sick. That's a boundary. Right. Another one that I said earlier, like, do not go on my phone. Do not look at my journal. I feel violated when my privacy is disrespected. That happens a lot in relationships. People go into their drawers and the other person's drawers and the other person assumes that's, that's private. I feel disrespected. So being clear about your needs, other people might think, well, we're one. I hear couples talk about we're a partnership. What's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. That doesn't always work, especially if the other person doesn't feel that. The other feels like this is my space. This is your space. You need to ask. So being clear about that is very, very important. So this journey of really understanding your boundaries is also a lot of self-discipline that we're talking about because you have to learn to control your own reactivity so that you can stay close and not indifferent. You can state a boundary and still feel close. You got to be able to calm yourself and not react. You got to lick your own wounds. You have to soothe your own heart. You have to stay clear of who you are. So you need to have this willingness to tolerate discomfort for growth. So in setting healthy boundaries, it's so important to learn how to validate yourself, to have a clear sense of who you are, to regulate your own anxiety because it gives freedom to your relationship. The people that are close to me in my life and that I trust, one thing that I do when I'm working on some of my boundaries, I might even tell them what I'm working on so that it gives them an understanding that they can help me in that. So I end up thanking the people around me that actually honor my boundaries. And I thank the ones that have honored these requests to understand and observe my boundaries, to work with me on that. It's good to seek understanding of the boundaries of others. That helps me to also understand my own uh, boundaries within myself and what I want from other people. You know, when we have unhealthy boundaries, we can really sense it. We know that there's a loss of respect for ourselves. We can even lose control of the direction of our life. Our lives become more chaotic and more distraction and more guilt. Sometimes unhealthy boundaries are characterized by even a loss of interest in life. We have these unmet goals and the stress of chaos that leads to hopelessness, depression, and anxiety. 
And I find that in my practice that people have some depression or anxiety, it can also correlate to the level of their healthy or unhealthy boundaries. And I know particularly with parents how challenging that is to establish healthy boundaries with your kids in your life. And I'm going to actually do a separate podcast because I think that that's a whole separate entity and, and life around parents and and kids and boundaries. So I'll get into that. Stay tuned for that. You know, there are people that are more aloof or shy, and some of that uh, symptom is a result from, from the insecurity and the experience of perhaps being ignored or being rejected in the past. And that could be from having unhealthy boundaries. People become cold and distant where they feel smothered because of their needs and interests are not being met or there's overly intrusive with people being in their physical space, which can be very overwhelming or overriding their emotional boundaries. So you want to really understand some of the signs that are coming up for you to know that you need to set healthy boundaries. So remember, good, decent people set boundaries. You don't have to feel guilty about it. Because boundaries is the way to take care of yourselves. And we both have a right and duty to protect and also defend ourselves. Generous people set the boundaries. When you don't set boundaries, you are giving yourself away. So with good boundaries, you give what you want, which allows you to be more generous to more people over a longer period of time. And it allows us to grow. Boundaries allow us to grow. Because it makes them more conscious, it makes others more conscious of their behavior, and it makes us more conscious of what our values are and what our sense of groundiness is to ourselves, our connection to ourselves. Boundaries allow you to get what you want and less of what you don't want. So effective people do set boundaries. You know, you need to stick to your gun sometimes. You need to develop the commitment about it to uphold what is right and what's true for yourself. So I wish you a wonderful journey on the experience of practicing and become familiar and get past the awkwardness and the unnaturalness at first of practicing and setting healthy boundaries. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit HeartShareCounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at AdiTheMonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by PodCraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at podcraft.us.